Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine and creator of drjockers.com, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast is sponsored by my friends over at ShopC60.com. If you haven't heard of Carbon 60 or otherwise called C60 before, it is a powerful Nobel Prize winning antioxidant that helps to optimize mitochondrial function, fights inflammation, and neutralizes toxic free radicals. I'm a huge fan of using C60 in conjunction with a healthy lifestyle to support your immune system, help your body detox, and increase energy and mental clarity. If you are over the age of 40 and you'd like to kick fatigue and brain fog to the curb this year, visit shopc60.com and use the coupon code JOCKERS for 15% off your first order and start taking back control over your health today. The products I use, I use their C60 in organic MCT coconut oil. They have it in various different flavors. They also have sugar-free gummies that are made with allulose and monk fruit. They also have carbon 60 and organic avocado and extra virgin olive oil. When it's combined with these fats, it absorbs more effectively. And carbon 60 is great as a natural energizing tool because it really helps your mitochondria optimize your energy production. Now, if you take it late at night, for some individuals, it may seem a little bit stimulating. So that's why we recommend taking it earlier in the day, and it will give you that great energy, that great great mental clarity that you want all day long. It will help reduce the effects of oxidative stress and aging and really help you thrive. So again, guys, go to shopc60.com. Use the coupon code JOCKERS to save 15% off your first order and start taking back control of your health today. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Really excited about today's topic. It's about oxygen as the solution to fixing persistent leaky gut. We know leaky gut or intestinal permeability is a major issue. We know that the intestinal lining is held in by by one cell, a one cell lining of tight junctions. And when that tight junction breaks, we call it intestinal permeability or leaky gut. And now large protein molecules can cross the bloodstream or across the, through the gut and into the bloodstream where they drive up inflammatory activity. And we know leaky gut or intestinal permeability is at the root of autoimmune conditions, eczema, uh, psoriasis, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, scleroderma, Hashimoto's. I mean, there's, there's so many different autoimmune conditions. We know leaky gut or intestinal permeability is at the root. And there are many things people try to do, and especially in the natural health world to fix leaky gut. And my guest today is Stephen Wright. He is a health engineer, Kalish Functional Medicine Institute graduate and gut health specialist. He is the co-founder of healthygut.com. He lives in Boulder, Colorado with his wife, Shay, and their two dogs. And Steve Wright is an expert when it comes to gut health. And he has created some amazing products at healthygut.com, some products that I use and endorse. They've got some awesome stuff. And he's really been doing a lot of research on oxygen and oxygen and how to deliver oxygen to the gut to help support gut cell or enterocyte cell function and support and strengthen the tight junctions 
to heal up the gut. And so I'm really excited about this podcast. You guys are going to love this. And if you know anybody that's dealing with autoimmune or chronic inflammatory conditions, please share this podcast with them. Sharing this can literally give them information that can give them a leg up on their health journey. So thank you for doing that. And if you've not left us a five-star review, please do that now. When you leave us a review, it helps us reach more people and impact more lives with this message. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for being a part of our community and let's go into the show. Well, hey, Steve, always great to connect with you. When I think about leaky gut and gut health, you're one of the top experts that comes to mind. I know you've been uh, obviously putting a lot of research into this and putting out a lot of health content, I mean, for the last, what, 10, 15 years. And so I know when I first got into practice and really started getting online and creating a lot of content around gut health, uh, you were one of the names that kept popping up and I kept seeing some of your content and, uh, you know, it was always very innovative and, uh, really, really, really thorough. And so, um, obviously recently you've started this great company, healthygut.com. I know my health coaching team, we use a lot of your products and recommend a lot of your products. And I love the in-depth research that you're doing, um, to find innovative products that, uh, that are really supporting people. And so I'm excited about this topic about oxygen. So let's get started by talking about some of the mistakes. Obviously, you've been looking at intestinal permeability and leaky gut for a long time and how practitioners are treating this. What do you see as some of the biggest mistakes people are making? Yeah, well, thanks for having me back on. And and yeah, that's, you know, this is kind of something that I love to do is just try to, you know, push the field forward and make it easier for for folks like me who are suffering. So when it comes to leaky gut, there there's been a lot of new research that's come out in the last five to seven years. And I feel like it hasn't quite made it into clinical practice yet. And so I feel like a lot of clinics and a lot of people on the internet are still really stuck on the stuff that I was actually recommending a decade ago. And I was really big on, and it's still important. And and I think the number one thing is tight junctions. Everybody I'm sure in the summit is probably going to mention, you know, on the podcast, wherever it is, is going to be mentioning tight junctions and they are important because um they do regulate a lot in the gut but i think if it was just about tight junctions we would have solved this issue by now and we probably wouldn't even need uh you know a bunch of talks about it because it you know that's kind of a singular issue and and of course that's i think the one of the biggest issues whether we're talking integrative health or western medicine is if you try to boil something down to one specific pathway or one single issue you're probably marching in the wrong direction and so i think the biggest one of the biggest issues right now is just focusing on only um tight junction barrier integrity because the simple fact is is that the tight junctions are actually behind a bunch of other defense layers and so if all we're talking about is like exposed cells to the environment inside of the gut, we're missing all these other layers that they should maybe never be exposed to, such as the mucus layer and the microbiome layer, the chemical layer and the atmospheric layer. And so I think that the, the biggest issue right now is, is a, the extreme over-focus on the tight junctions. And the second biggest issue is uh, people missing out on this atmospheric layer. And I would say the third issue that I've missed pretty much my entire career and it sucks that I'm just now kind of getting it is sort of this immune dysfunction that happens after all that fails to tight junctions, you know, break apart, leaky guts ongoing. Um, it causes this immune dysregulation that I think we're all so familiar with when it comes to uh, any sort of inflammatory conditions. And so I think the 
way that I thought about it was like, if you just repaired all that, right, if you just got the gut working correctly, the immune system would go back to normal. And I don't know that that's really the case. If you, if you get a hundred or a thousand sample, you know, cases in clinic, I haven't seen that to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I know, you know, as a, as a practitioner myself, it's like, Hey, I'll put, put people on slippery elm, aloe vera, glutamine, kind of like an all-in-one supplement to support the tight junctions, and then also throw in maybe some probiotics, prebiotics, if they're able to tolerate those. And sometimes we get results and sometimes we don't, right? And especially the, the people that have kind of been dealing with issues for a long period of time, those people typically, they say, well, I'm not getting any better using this. And, uh, you know, so we got to look, look deeper. And so why do you think that is? Why do you think when somebody's taking expensive supplements that, you know, work for uh, you know, a, a good percentage of people, they're just not getting results with them. Why do you think that would be? Yeah. And, and that's, that's what I, you know, have written about for a long time as well, that sort of stack that you just mentioned. And it was, it was definitely cutting edge, I think a while ago. And I think it does work for, for many people, but there's also these tough cases that it just doesn't work for. And I think trying to solve that for people, including myself has led me to this atmospheric sort of layer, this first, sort of principle that I think a lot of people, whether you're a naturopath or you're kind of looking at it from a landscape perspective, if you don't have the right environment for the gut to behave, you can't expect it to behave correctly. And so probiotics and prebiotics and the leaky gut powders are all adding either um, missing nutrients or agents to support mucosal healing or tight junction healing or uh, increasing the microbiome layer. But we're all failing to maybe understand that these folks who are stuck, who are not getting better, they might not have the right oxygen environment to even accept those supplements to do the work. And I think that has been sort of a sort of... 180 mind blowing moment for me about a, about a year ago when I started relooking at this stuff around why do why are some people just so stuck and they can't get better um and it it appears to me based on the research and and what I've been looking at um like for instance we know that if you take antibiotics pretty much one of the first things that's going to happen is the oxygen level in your gut is going to go up and that is actually not what you want. It's it's weird, right? We want our tissues. We want all of our cells to be highly oxygenated. But inside of our gut, we actually want it to be hypoxic or low oxygen, which is really hard to wrap our, at least hard for me to wrap my head around for a long time. And so if you give antibiotics, several studies have demonstrated that number one, we lose microbiome species. And potentially that is the cause of why the oxygen goes up in the gut. And then in order to get the oxygen back down, we actually kind of need those species back and we need what those species give to the gut cells to restart this other type of metabolism that we can go into that creates this hypoxic, low oxygen gut. Yeah, interesting. So, uh, you know, different tissues are going to need to have different needs. It's kind of like in the stomach, we want it to be highly acidic, yet in the small intestine, we want it to be alkaline, even though, you know, they work together. And so in our tissues, we want it, we want our tissues to be highly oxygenated, but in the small intestine, particularly small intestine, I think you're talking about, or is it the entire colon, small and large intestine, we want it to be more anaerobic. Yeah, basically actually drops right from your mouth all the way to your, your yeah. anus. Um, it, it gets less and less um, oxygenated or more hypoxic as you go mm -hmm. down all the all the feet. 
Yeah, really interesting. So that's an important thing for us to to remember. We want it to be more anaerobic in inside of the, in a sense, the intestinal tube. So let's go into that. Like, obviously you mentioned antibiotics, they're causing a more high oxygenated state, less anaerobic state. So why is oxygen so important? What, you know, when, when we have a higher anaerobic state, does that help, help kill pathogens? Why is that environment so healthy? Yeah, it's, it's, it's so beautiful. It's like, if you do any kind of stool test, right, or any sort of microbiome testing, um, you'll have these buckets and some tests will break it down by anaerobic bacteria. And a lot of the bugs that we are trying to stimulate or regrow from dysbiosis using prebiotics and probiotics are anaerobic bacteria. And as you just mentioned, that literally means without oxygen. And so if the environment is too high of oxygen, these specific bugs that we want for a healthy microbiome literally cannot grow like that. They don't, you know, it's like us trying to live on the moon or on Mars. It's not the right conditions for us to live there without support. And so these bugs need the atmosphere to change so that they can actually survive. And so that is like at the most basic level, I've been trying to solve this question of how do we heal these people with like chronic dysbiosis, chronic leaky gut. And I feel like this is one of the biggest issues that we're we're struggling with is that the products are great. The, the, we're, we're making breakthroughs in products, you know, every year. And yet these people don't seem to be you know, regrowing and get rid of the leaky gut symptoms and all this stuff. And so I feel like that is, that is step one. And then if you start to go deeper than that, like um, after you look at, can we get rid of dysbiosis and stuff? What you realize is that a low oxygen environment stimulates these things called uh, hypoxia inducible factors. And there's an alpha and a beta. And these are really complex signaling molecules. The, the literature is not even sure exactly all the interactions with them yet there's a bunch of drug trials going on right now where they're trying to you know block one or upregulate another one for certain types of cancer or ibd ibs those types of things but what i would say is conclusive about the research is that you need enough of them expressing themselves the hifs because they actually help express tight junction integrity like without them you're basically guaranteed to have no tight junction integrity without enough hifs you're basically guaranteed to lose your mucosal barrier and you're basically guaranteed to have this high oxygen environment with a dysbiotic microbiome and so we need a uh proper expression of both uh hif alpha and hif beta together. If one gets too high or one gets too low, you can get into these, you know, complex chronic disease states, like I just mentioned, like IBD and things like that. But these HIFs are sort of like the, the signals to the rest of the cells inside the gut and the rest of the layers in the gut to be in integrity, to be okay. And without them or too much of them, it, it all falls apart really quickly. Hmm. Now the HIFs, are they classified as immune cells? Are they signaling molecules? What exactly they're, are they? Yeah, they're signaling molecules. Yeah, interesting. And so based around the balance there of the of the alpha and the beta, like you said, and I guess the the overall amount of them, uh, that's going to help dictate if it's in a in a anaerobic or an aerobic state. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So basically, um, certain bugs inside the microbiome will uh, take out oxygen from inside the gut. And these are like good species that we want in our microbiome test. So some bugs eat the oxygen and they need that for their metabolism. They give mm. off 
short chain fatty acids like butyrate and yeah. propaninate acetate, those things cause an even better diverse microbiome. But then also what it does is generates a lot of butyrate, which are colonocytes and uh, some of the other epithelial cells will take the butyrate and do a different type of metabolism that also sucks oxygen out of the gut. So when it's mm. all working properly, the anaerobic bacteria and the facultative anaerobic bacteria are sucking oxygen out. They're turning it into these other metabolites, these postbiotics. And then the gut is taking those postbiotics out, doing more sucking of oxygen out of the gut. And when that happens, it creates the HIFs. Then those HIFs sort of propagate out. They tell the immune cells, hey, release a little bit more of this. They tell the tight junctions to be certain amount of expression or not. Um, they release these beta defensin things, which are chemicals that can go out and like sort of attack bad things in your gut. Um, and so it's this really cool complex web that is when it, when it's working properly, that's how it works. If we have some sort of injury like the antibiotic type thing or something else where we lose that ability to suck oxygen out on a regular basis, the loop starts to break down. And then we get this chronic dysregulation of not enough HIFs or too much HIF production. And you know, stimulating or shutting that off seems to be one of the ongoing things that you find as a hallmark of IBD or IBS. Hmm, very interesting. And is there a way to test uh, to, to see what your HIF status is or how much oxygen uh, is in your, in your gut environment? So right now, I'm not aware of any commercially available HIF testing. Um, I'm guessing this is coming because, like I said, they're doing drug trials right now mm -hmm. on some certain HIF blocking drugs. Um, and I don't know that the first actual like models of a low oxygen gut are literally just publishing their first papers right now. So the capacity to like stick a, a microbe in there and, and test your level, I think is um, probably a ways away. Like this is pretty cutting edge stuff. But what I think we could do is we could look at the next layer of what would mm -hmm. be true if you had a low oxygen gut. So if you had a healthy gut, a low oxygen gut, you would see a very diverse microbiome, number one. So your microbiome testing that you did would show like a very healthy balance of all the different types of microbiome species. It wouldn't be weighted one way or the other, and it would have plenty of anaerobic bacteria. So you'd have a, a large amount of anaerobic bacteria growth on these tests. And then if you're doing a test that measures short-chain fatty acid production, you would have plentiful amounts of short-chain fatty acid production, all three of them, the or the three most commonly tested for, which are, again, butyrate, acetate, and propaninate. So that would be sort of my way of saying, like, is your gut properly oxygenated? Yeah. So again, there's, you know, these bacteria that grow in more of an aerobic environment and then bacteria that grow in the anaerobic environment. And so more, there's, there's a larger number that grow in an anaerobic environment. And that's why the diversity would go up because there's a larger, it creates an environment that's more ripe for them to, to grow and develop. And then there's, you know, the, the ones that grow in a more aerobic environment, they're more pathogenic when they overgrow inside of our system. So you're going to start to see that on a, a stool analysis. And then, like you said, those postbiotic molecules, the short chain fatty acids are going to, are going to increase and they have a very anti-inflammatory effect on the body. Cause now we got to link this to the overall inflammatory levels in the body, right? Cause that's what people are feeling and experiencing. So the better the short chain fatty acid production, the lower levels of inflammation. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So you could stack those, you know, you could be looking and say, 
do I have low amounts of aerobic bacteria and low amounts of pathogenic yeah. bacteria on my testing? Do I have high amounts of anaerobic uh, and predominantly good bacteria? Do I have uh, good short chain fatty acid and butyrate levels? And then, you know, where's my HSCRP? Where are my other um, inflammatory markers? Where are my immune markers? Are those all in line? And once those all kind of correct, I think you're going to be a pretty resilient and pretty healthy individual. Mm. Yeah. And a lot of the aerobic bacteria we get actually from our oral cavity, right? They can actually kind of come down through our swallowing. And if we don't have the right environment, they can survive, right? Not enough stomach acid, a, a aerobic environment in the, in the small intestine, they survive and they're not advantageous. We're not supposed to have them in our gut. They're supposed to stay in our, our, our mouth. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, for sure. And so what are some strategies people can do to help improve the, you know, just the overall environment and be able to create those short chain fatty acids, improve the diversity of their gut microbiome and create that anaerobic uh, environment in the intestines. Yeah. So the first thing is like, you know, if you've been doing a lot of powders and other things like that necessarily hasn't been a bad thing. Like there's plenty of research to suggest that low vitamin D status, low vitamin A status, low glutamine status will create the conditions for leaky gut. So like nutrient replacement and good mm. um, nutraceutical use for like the, the proper amount of stuff like that's, you're doing good with that. Don't stop that. But if we're going to go a level deeper, if you're not responding to getting this dysbiosis worked out or this, these leaky gut like symptoms worked out, I think we got to do a different strategy here, which instead of um, trying to create the right species, right? A, a better microbiome with probiotics and prebiotics. We want to think about those as sort of the last sort of steps in the arc. And I think instead, what you want to do is you want to come in with what's the bottom layer stuff that they would have produced. And that is, in my mm -hmm. opinion, short chain fatty acids and specifically butyrate. And so you'd actually come in at the outcome we're trying to get to and replace the butyric acid in the gut mm -hmm let the colonocytes start drawing oxygen out of the gut, restart their metabolism properly. Let the other, because there's plenty of research showing that that tributyrin and sodium butyrate increase the diversity of the microbiome and increase anaerobic bacteria. So that's also going to help deal with the dysbiosis and, and set the conditions for better Which microbiome. That is interesting itself that just taking a postbiotic like butyric acid actually creates better diversity in the gut microbiome. So it helps reshape the gut bacteria, even though you're just taking something that feeds the enterocytes. So that's interesting. So that goes back to kind of the environment uh, discussion that we're having, the, that environmental theory that you're talking about, because what is it doing? It's creating a healthier environment by strengthening, creating more resiliency in those enterocytes. And then the enterocytes are sucking the oxygen out of the environment. So it's creating a, a, a more ripe environment for better microbes to grow. Yeah, yeah, it's really, I mean, if I had to boil it down, I would say that, you know, tracking your butyrate levels, um, and again, we could probably do a whole nother show on this, but butyrate testing is in, in its infancy. So, mm. you know, we're going to have to get a lot better as a society at testing for butyrate. There's a lot of pros and cons, but um, butyrate producers and butyrate production is kind of like the keeper of the gut. Without it, everything is going to go downwards. Like it's it's going to fall apart probably. And it doesn't matter how much we pile on 
if we don't fix that component, I don't know that a gut ever gets resilient again until that's done. Because mm. you can just take that butyrate and you can look at studies and you can see inflammatory markers go down, like systemic ones, like the, the C-reactive proteins or, or other markers of high inflammation systemically will go down. You will actually see microbiome diversity go up. So a marker of you know increasing the health of the microbiome. You'll see mucus layer um, thick, thickening. So you're going to see healthier mucosal layers. You're going to see better tight junction expression. And this is just by taking, like you said, that that end product, that that postbiotic um, and butyric acid. And so to me, that's kind of like the the key to unraveling the tough cases is replace that butyric acid and then start to think about, okay, you know, are we missing anchromancia on a stool mm -hmm. test after, you know, after you do this for eight to 12 weeks, if you do another retest, are you still missing a key species or two? Like maybe you're low in bifidobacter. That's when you bring in the probiotics that are specifically targeted now that they have the correct environment. And you also have to make sure you're capable of bringing in food for them, right? Because they don't yeah. just need the right atmosphere to live, but they also need food. And so that typically looks like things that can be hard for uh, a lot of people with gut issues to tolerate, such as uh, certain prebiotics and fibers, polyphenols, resistant starch, any of those types of things are going to be the other necessary ingredient to have a really robust microbiome, as well as protect the gut to make sure that it doesn't become chronically leaky. Yeah, that's interesting. And where would you put like stomach acid support, enzyme support in that kind of hierarchy? So you start by shaping the environment in the intestines with butyric acid and supporting that. You had mentioned adding in the probiotics and prebiotics. Is there a step before that? The stomach acid enzymes, does that come after that? Where would you put that in there? So I would be, uh, I would say the stomach acid and enzymes are at the base level with butyric acid. So like yeah. all those come in at the same time, because that's basically creating the conditions for everything else to happen correctly. Mm. The majority of individuals who react to prebiotics and fibers and things like this, a lot of times they're missing that stomach acid mm. and enzyme component. And so the reason why they're cutting out more and more vegetables, they're cutting out certain classes of, of food compounds that are necessary for a healthy intestinal environment in a lot of cases is due to that loss of either stomach acid and or enzymes. And so I bring those in at the same time. And I believe that's sort of foundational to processing whatever type of food you eat, like whatever I'm like getting less certain certain foods for sure have way worse potential like gluten but i'm becoming less attached to any certain diet and more mm. attached to can you process that type of food group and so you need the stomach acid you need the enzymes to process anything that's plant-based anything that's animal-based you're going to need those groups and if you can actually extract the nutrients maybe you get less deficient in certain vitamins certain nutrients and then also you're leaving the right amounts of uh prebiotics for these bugs at the right points in your gut so then they have the right prebiotics then they have the right atmosphere the right oxygen levels and then hopefully they can repair everything else that's going on down there i just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you guys about paleo valley bone broth protein powder Unlike most companies, which are actually creating their bone broth protein from the hides or the skin of the animal, which are unfortunately less nutrient dense, Paleo Valley actually uses the bones and they do a slow simmering process to extract as much of the key collagen protein as possible. Collagen protein is rich 
in some key amino acids, things like glycine, proline, and hydroxyproline, which are needed for healthy skin, healthy joints, a healthy gut lining, healthy muscles, just a healthy body in general. Collagen helps to reduce the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles. It also helps to reduce cellulite and it's critical for anti-aging as it may regenerate bones and it helps build muscle and support heart health. So I'm a huge fan of using collagen or bone broth protein, but I wanna make sure that mine is as pure as possible. And that's why I love Paleo Valley because they use 100% grass-fed beef bones from cows that are never fed GMO grains. And they even test for over 40 pesticides to ensure this is the purest bone broth protein on the market. It also has over three grams of glycine per serving, 15 grams of total collagen protein. Now that three gram dose of glycine is key because research has shown that that helps improve sleep by lowering body temperature and boosting serotonin levels. And serotonin is a key precursor to melatonin. That's the sleep hormone. And it does this without causing daytime drowsiness. So if you have your collagen protein during the day, you're not gonna get drowsy, but it will help you sleep better at night. So guys, check out paleovalley.com. Use the coupon code JOCKERS at checkout to save 15% off to get your bone broth protein. You can also go to paleovalley.com forward slash drjockers to get the Paleo Valley bone broth protein or any of the great Paleo Valley products and use the coupon code JOCKERS at checkout to save 15% off today. Yeah, it's re it's really good strategy. And I'm becoming more and more convinced that probiotics in general, that the actual best benefit of probiotics is not necessarily recolonizing. We don't even know right, based on the research if they are actually recolonizing or right. if they're actually producing, like when, when we take supplemental probiotics, if they're actually producing postbiotics, the best benefit is actually the immune system regulation, right? They're actually, in a sense, pri help prime and kind of balance the immune system. And then when people are getting results, based on the research we currently have, that seems like that, uh, although you know, I could be wrong, but it seems like that is the best benefit people are getting from probiotics is kind of that immune priming. So it makes sense that if, you know, if you already tried that, you're not getting results, right? You got to reshape the entire environment, create a healthier environment, and then consider doing that immune priming with probiotics. Yeah. Yeah. There are certain, you know, like for instance, uh, microbiome labs has a great probiotic mm -hmm. for uh, repairing. Yeah. yeah. Repairing acrobancia production and, mm -hmm. and mucosal layer stuff. So like, if you know, you have that issue, that could be the best product for you. But like you said, what we're learning from the probiotics is a lot of the stuff we were told, a lot of stuff that we believed around them, maybe repopulating the gut or um, doing different things. It, it might not really be true. And a lot of what might be happening is very, very specialized. And so that's why yeah. I say they're one of the last things to bring in after you reset the environment is you bring in the probiotics and the prebiotics after you can just tolerate regular food, after you kind of get the right uh, atmosphere working in the gut and you're kind of getting your, your gut working more properly. You're less reactive. I mean, that's one of the biggest things with leaky gut is, is people become so reactive to other types of foods as well as their environment. And, you know, that can display as like skin related issues, um, you know, eye brain, like all these sort of systemic things can propagate yeah. out. If you can 
calm down that stuff just using the the tributarins and the you know the the enzymes and the stomach acid stuff um then you can usually begin to introduce and say hey does this probiotic actually help or is it not the right one for me um yeah. does this prebiotic actually help or is it not the right one for me because i think that's where we're headed is we'll have you know probably in another decade we'll have very specific protocols of this specific bug at this dosage is right for you know, a man who has low butyrate and low acromancia and has skin issues. Like we'll, we'll get to that point in the next decade, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. And then, you know, you'll have people that they'll have chronic inflammatory conditions and they'll just start adding apple cider vinegar, like a tablespoon to water, right. And taking that with meals. And I've had a lot of people you just say, you know, my blood pressure balance, my blood pressure stabilized, right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, again, this, this, what is apple cider vinegar actually doing? It's obviously not going to be as powerful as like a clinical therapeutic butyric acid, but it's, it's, it's a postbiotic, the acetic acid in there, short chain fatty acid. And then on top of that, it's also the bitterness is helping stimulate the vagus nerve, stimulating stomach acid, bile production, pancreatic enzymes. So it's helping reshape the environment in the gut. And by reshaping it, that person's blood pressure balanced, right? They had lower levels of inflammation, most likely reduced the oxygen content in their intestines, right? And, 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 and got results with that. So it kind of goes into that theory, like of what you were talking about, um, of course, using, you know, a, a therapeutic grade butyric acid that, you know, specifically for people that have tried some of these strategies we talked about that would be uh, a more effective strategy than just using apple cider vinegar. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, look, if you're if you never really tried any of this stuff or you've never even just tried taking a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar a few times a day or at least even once a day, like totally do that, right? And and yes, this talk is definitely more geared towards people who've been on the journey for a while and they're still kind of struggling. I I consider myself like a sensitive tough case. Like this is pretty much my life's work. It's kind of what I've been dealing with and probably will be dealing with for a really long time. And I hope that I can, you know, find new ways for people like me to deal with their bodies. And so that's where something like our Tributer and X product was developed, where we are trying to deliver the most therapeutic dose as deep into the gut as we can to try to get after these symptoms and try to basically restart this metabolism, restart the gut healing from a different direction. Because I, like many people probably watching this, you know, I've done like 40, 50 diets. I've tried all the powders. I've mm -hmm. tried a lot of the testing. It just didn't work. And so when, um, ever, I think everybody has their own healing path, but one thing that I would love people to take away from this, whether they try anything we talked about today is like if you keep going in the same direction and it's not working mathematically as well as odds as well as all kinds of rules and laws of nature suggest you should turn around and go the opposite direction like if you've if you've already done you know paleo now you're on low fodmap next you're going to low fodmap low histamine like the solution to your leaky gut and to your your conditions are probably not more dietary changes it's not the diet's fault it's your probably your capacity to deal mm. with food in general and your immune system and your enzymes and your stomach acid more than it is, is this high histamine, high oxalate, high FODMAP. Yeah. I mean, it's so true. And how do you think glyphosate is impacting what's happening there with the environment, with, uh, the oxygen levels in the, in the intestines? Well, I can't say I've, I've actually tried to like, you know, figure that specific connection out, but yeah. what I'll say is that universally anything that's sort of like 
killing in nature. So this is another huge mistake for leaky gut people is they uh, they have all the signs and symptoms of leaky gut. Maybe they may even have like, you know, high tight junction expression on tests or or they do the lactulose mannitol test and it's bad. Um, they think, okay, I'll just go kill the SIBO, I'll kill the parasites. Well, I just said earlier on that any sort of killing program is going to have uh, some collateral damage to the healthy microbes. You're going to increase the oxygen level with any killing program you do. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's just how mm. it has to work, whether it's pharmaceutical based or herbal based. There's no such thing as, you know, completely free of commensal killing. So if you don't come in and support that after the killing program, you're going to just keep being stuck in this loop. And so in a way, glyphosate is part of like a sort of like if you, the biggest umbrella, it's kind of killing, right? It's trying to, it's trying to keep things out. It's it's kind of a toxin of killing nature in a way or, or keeping things away. And so I would imagine that it, along with a lot of other compounds that we've introduced, I think it's like what, 80 or 90,000 compounds yeah. since the seventies. Um, these compounds are going to cause worse changes to our microbiome and mm. probably all be working to increase the oxygen level, which again is not what we want. We want it to be low inside the gut. And so I, I think when we look at things like glyphosate or plastics and things like this, I think in general, we're never going to avoid them. Like, I don't care unless you live in a bubble in a glass house, like you're not going to be able to get away from it. Yeah. So the thing is, how do you make your body more resilient to this crazy world we're living in? And so in this case, that's where you know, I'm a weirdo. You don't have to be like me, but I might be on one tributor next capsule the rest of my life as a protection mechanism, or I might pulse it, uh, you know, every once in a while just because of that. Yeah. I mean, it's so important. I remember, you know, back when I was struggling with irritable bowel, uh, back in 2004, it was like diet change, took out grains, gluten, went on more of a paleo style diet, although it wasn't called paleo back then. It was called the healing diet and, uh, adding in probiotics, and doing intermittent fasting transformed my life, right? And it was, I mean, honestly, like it came down to like those three key things allowed me to heal my gut, get back in balance, gain the weight back. And I felt great. And when I got in practice, 2008, 2009, it was like, I just put people on probiotics and they got better. Had them do an apple cider vinegar and they were getting better. It, it yeah. seemed it seemed a lot easier back then. And now, you know, now we're, you know, 2023 and it's like, you have so many people, they're on a, low salicylate, low FODMAP, low histamine diet, right? They have one good day, one terrible day, right? And they're just, they're just bouncing back and forth. And we have like a growing amount of people. And I, I talk to health practitioners and they're like, you know, it's getting harder and harder to help a lot of these people. We've got to do more and more, you know, restriction. We've got to do in a sense, more supplement, you know, it's just like all these different strategies. And I think, you know, the bombardment of toxins obviously uh, is a big factor there creating this distorted environment. I really like this idea of your, what you're talking about here, creating this distortion in the environment and the environment just needed a nudge back in, you know, 2004, right. 2010. And now it needs a really, a really good bump. Right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, I mean, look more power to you. If you have your own homestead and you're listing this in like a Faraday cage without Wi-Fi and, and, you know, you don't do any blue light and, but that's, that's not me. That's not the majority of people. Yeah. And so I think what we've done is we've created, especially like you said, over the last 15 years, a, a more toxic environment to natural human health and what we've evolved to be at this point. And so we have to evolve our, our support structures and our, our tolerance 
protocols because I agree with you. It's like more and more people are like stuck. They're 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 the tough cases. They they're doing everything right. You know that that's the normal stuff, and it's just not working. And so I think if you you know, we can blame any one of these things from, you know, pharmaceuticals to antibiotics, to the food, to the glyphosate, to the Wi-Fi, you can stack them up and just basically be depressed and, you know, mm -hmm. want to go outside and unplug from the world. And I get it. And I've been there. I've had those really dark days. But my focus these days, especially with these, like the butyric acid and the oxygen is like, okay, this is not going away. When Christmas time comes, I'm going to have some red wine and I'm going to have some sugar and I'm going to have some Wi-Fi right around me the whole time. So how do I build a body build a gut, build a microbiome that can deal with this. And yeah. so that's where I feel like if you focus on the basics of the environment first, and then for you, you, you know, whichever thing it might be, like for me, I might need enzymes and butyric acid the rest mm -hmm. of my life. For you, it might be something different. It might just be apple cider vinegar and some enzymes, something like that. But if you can find that right thing, and it, and it may include a prebiotic or a probiotic or a fiber, that I don't think should be viewed as a bad thing. Like you're dealing with this whole, like this side of the, the equation has all these toxins and all these negative factors. And so there's going to be something else that has to balance that. And so hopefully we can move the conversation more towards um, tolerance to this intense world that we're in. And I think using things that increase butyric acid and, you know, like you said, calm the immune system down or prime the immune system. I think that's going to be a huge key to unlocking this sort of resilient, modern human body. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And you had talked earlier about getting butyric acid deep into the system. And I know you created that product, Tributerin X, which is a fantastic product. You guys check it out, Healthy Gut. Uh, you guys have that. And how does that work? Like, obviously there's several butyric acid supplements and, and people have been trying to kind of get it into the system. And, and obviously it works better when you get it deeper in the system. What is the key to that as far as getting it deep in there? Yeah. I would say the, the key is probably two factors. One is choosing the right actual base ingredient. And so mm. again, as you might've noticed, like I, I can't stop digging until I get to like the most simplest answer for things because I've tried, I'm an engineer by trade. So I over-engineer everything. I make it way too complex. And like the only way I find out is to try to get to the simplest answer. And so the truth is, is that most of the sodium, well, sodium butyrate for sure, as well as the other mineral butyrates like CalMag butyrates, they're absorbed across a gradient, especially the sodium. And so as soon as salt hits your upper small intestine, boom, it goes right across the membrane and it's absorbed mm right away because that's just how salt absorption works. Yeah. So, um, and there's lots of great studies on sodium butyrate for lots of conditions. So it's not like sodium butyrate's bad, but it's definitely not gonna penetrate deeply because it can't, mm. if, if, if pharmacokinetically it just it's gonna can't. hit more of that proximal part of the small intestine. Exactly. Yeah. But there's this other compound called tributyrin and tributyrin is fat backed. And so if it's fat backed, it has, a, it has to come into a, a little contact with lipase to sort of mm. break apart. And so basically by just choosing a different base ingredient, we get a longer time in the gut naturally. And then the other thing that we did was we put it in a true enteric capsule. So as far as I know, we're still the only company out there to have a true enteric capsule. And um, enteric capsules, it sounds like, oh, that's super fancy and probably doesn't mean anything, but it actually does. Like a lot of pharmaceuticals can only work if they have a true enteric coating, not just an acid resistant coating because the stomach acid is so powerful. You were talking yeah. about it earlier, killing incoming microbes, killing the microbes from our oral cavity. Like it's a, it's a really important 
part of the body. And a lot of times it's best if we can just totally bypass that. And so acid resistant stuff is going to get partially opened or partially destroyed in most people's bodies. But true enteric coatings are probably 99% of the time are going to get through there into the small intestine because they actually only open under a higher pH, which is what you alluded to earlier. So this capsule is triggered by a high pH, which we mm. would see as it goes down the gut, right? So the pH... Yeah. It goes higher and higher as we go down to the colon and the oxygen content goes lower and lower as we go down to the colon. And so this capsule plus the actual base ingredient, I think is the first time we've been able to get it in a certain fashion deeper into the gut. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And, and what kind of results are you guys seeing? I know over at your company, you guys are constantly getting testimonials from different clients. What kind of results are you seeing using that Tributarin X? So it's it's been amazing. Like we serve people who have have been through it. You know, I call them the nutrition nerds or the the health warriors. You know, they've been trying at this for for a while. And so they're typically very demanding about not having fillers and flows, and right. they they might be on a low histamine diet already. They they probably have histamine related issues. And so the coolest thing I think is that we have a very generous refund policy and we ask you to refund if it's not working. Mm -hmm. We want to talk to you about your dosing levels and things like that. And even with us like sort of encouraging refunds, we still only see about a 3% refund rate on this product because the majority of people are able to tolerate it. And then what they're able to see oftentimes is um, ex like expanding dietary. So if you're one of those people that's on like seven foods or 10 foods, we're normally able to double that diet in like 30, 60 days just by using this one product. Other people who have a lot of histamine reactions, we're able to calm those histamine reactions down. They don't go away, but we're talking like less reactions in the moment, just more resiliency, um, better stool consistency because butyric acid is it's a big regulator of the speed and the quality of your stools. Um, and so, and then that's, um, we get a lot of these like quotes or testimonials like, hey, finally something is working and the rest of my products can now are now working better. Like my protocol from, from the doctor or from the practitioner was kind of working, but now it's actually working once I added this product mm. in. Yeah. It's helping shape and, and recondition that environment. So it's yeah. just going to make everything else you're doing for your gut work more effectively. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Great, great stuff. I really like this discussion really uh, helped me kind of shape how, how I'm looking at, uh, leaky gut, intestinal permeability, all these different issues, chronic inflammatory issues that people are having and and helping them understand, you know, I think the viewers have got a lot out of this, just understanding how important oxygen is, right? Or in this case, no low oxygen, you know, when we talk about the bloodstream and capillaries, I mean, there's a lot of talk about nitric oxide, right? And, um, you know, and in fact, I just interviewed a guy about how infrared, how that helps to unlock nitric oxide from heme and hemoglobin, which helps and gets the nitric oxide out into the bloodstream and uh, allows for better endothelial function, right? So we know oxygen is so critical and so important for so many things. And here we're talking about creating a lower oxygen environment in the gut and uh, how re reshaping that environment can really help a lot of these tough cases and really should be the foundation of helping people deal with chronic inflammatory and gut issues. So Steve, really good stuff. Really great insight. I always enjoy our conversations. You always shed new light on things. So really appreciate you. Any last words of inspiration here for our audience? I would just say like, you know, I think you're, you're so inspirational. I think the people that, that are listening to this right now, like just keep going. Like, you know, like I said, I, I've had a lot of dark nights of the soul, if you want to call them, or just really depressive days when I start to think about maybe the direction of society or the world or the toxins mm. or 
how are we ever going to figure this out? And um, I just hope that you can find the strength to just keep picking yourself back up because there are people out there like myself, like you, who we we figured out what you know we've figured out methods and ways, and and you can follow along with us. And as long as you don't quit, you're going to figure it out. I believe that. Yeah, guys, definitely check out Steve's company, HealthyGut.com. We talked about Tributeranax. Check that out. He's got a great website, a lot of good information over there, and great products. Again, Steve, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you. And everybody, we'll see you on a future interview. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.